to the sports beat with Richard Holdridge. So excited to be here on this show. You are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM. And we have got a jam-packed show. I'm going to have two championship-winning head baseball coaches. I'm going to have the Glenwood head baseball coach, Coach Tim Fanning, and the Calvary Christian head baseball coach, Coach Steve Smith. This is going to be a great show, and I hope that you're able to stick around for the ride. We do have some sports to talk about before I get the two coaches on. As the Boston Celtics says, we're not done yet. In fact, Jalen Brown inner-channeling his Kevin Millar by saying, don't let us win tonight. Because then the series goes back to Boston, and then anything can happen in a Game 6 and Game 7. Boston gets the victory 116-99. to And all you basketball fans, we still have basketball to play. Jason Tatum, not done yet, 33 points. They stave off elimination from the Miami Heat. And they will play Thursday night at the Boston Garden for Game 5. The longer this series drags out, it is going to favor the Denver Nuggets because they are waiting for the winner. Game 1 of the NBA Finals is June the 1st, next Thursday. And next week, I'm trying to get my regulars back on the show. I'm hoping to get Gabe Reynolds on. I know he's been gone for a couple of weeks because of school. Justin Dale, trying to get him on as my unofficial Braves correspondent. Wondering if he was actually at the games as the Atlanta Braves taking on the Dodgers right now. And the Dodgers are the hottest team in baseball. The Dodgers get the victory over the Braves 8-1. to And this is what I don't get. The Dodgers are playing the Braves at Truett's Park. They've thrown two 24-year-old pitchers. The Braves have their two best pitchers. And the Braves' bats can't get going, and the Dodgers have knocked both starting pitchers out of the games. There's a reason why the Dodgers are the best team right now in the National League. They have the best record, and they are peaking at the right time. I look at this Dodgers team, and I'm looking, no Cody Bellinger, no Justin Turner, no Trey Turner. I thought maybe the Dodgers were going to take a step back but they have been the most impressive team in the month of May. And the newest acquisition that really has made the impact, J.D. Martinez. He hit a three-run homer yesterday, and the Dodgers pushed their record to 31-19. The Braves fall to 29-19. Game three today, 7.30, Truitts Park. Hopefully, the Braves can get a win. Bryce Elder will be on the mound against Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights, one step closer to reaching the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 2018, and that was their expansion year. They get the 4-0 victory over the Dallas Stars, and now we could possibly have two sweeps in the conference finals for hockey. I'm hoping that game one of the Stanley Cup Finals is not a week later that they can maybe push it closer because can you imagine if hockey adjusts their schedule and we we don't have let's say we don't have basketball for an entire week hockey can take over for a week while basketball is waiting to get the final started 
I don't know if I can go without a, an entire week without basketball. <laughs> that is just crazy, but it can happen. Hey, I got some local stuff I want to talk about before I get the two coaches on the show. The Columbus State Athletic Director Todd Reeser has stepped down, and he has accepted a position at Southern Illinois. And then the general manager, the former general manager for the Columbus River Dragons, Chattahoots, and Monsters, Scott Brand, has accepted the general manager position for the Motor City Rockers in the FPHL. And it is official. I got the email this morning. My media credentials for the NAIA World Series has been accepted. So I will be at the South Common Softball Complex tomorrow morning to get this party started as the NAIA World Series will kick off. I'm saying kick off like it's a football event. They will start in Columbus. Ten teams. And it looks like the, the top three seeds from last year are not even in this tournament as Oklahoma City, Mobile, and Freed Hardman are all at home. But we do have one local team in Georgia. Let's rally around Georgia Gwinnett as we hope for a great tournament. And the Columbus Sports Council does a great job putting on this event. And I'm hoping that the NAI World Series just stays in Columbus because this is the home of softball. We saw that the women's softball team won the gold medal in 1996, and I'm hoping that it stays here as we do have high school championships at the Southball. Southball. <laughs> as we have high school championships at the Common Softball Complex. So it's going to be a great time. I'm hoping everybody has a great Memorial Day weekend. I know last year my family stayed home for the weekend and I got to call the Columbus Lions and the NAIA World Series. There was just a lot of events going on. You know, we had some stuff that was going on for the kids, but I'm actually going out of town, leaving Thursday night, heading down south to Jacksonville, Orlando area. And so I will come back on Wednesday. That's going to be a very long extended vacation. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to have any shows. I've actually reached out to people. I might do some remote shows. I won't go live on Facebook, but I will have some audio shows. So stick around. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. We're going to pay some bills. And when we come back, I'm going to have the Glenwood head baseball coach, the championship winning head baseball coach, his ninth championship he won a couple of weeks ago. Head coach Tim Fanning is coming on the show. And then after that, I'm going to have the Calvary Christian head baseball coach, Coach Steve Smith. This is going to be a great show of championship coaches. You don't want to go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Sports Beat. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? 
Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I'm so happy to be here because my next guest on the show is the Glenwood head baseball coach and athletic director and just won a state title, his ninth state title, 23rd in Glenwood's history. Coach, I got to tell you, I'm really honored that you're able to be on the show, but we're a couple of weeks removed from the state championship. I just got to ask you. Has it sunk in yet after two weeks? Um, it, it's still good every day. I can tell you that it's uh, it hasn't got old yet. That's for sure. Um, I think it, if something like that gets old, you probably need to retire. You know what I mean? But it's uh, you know, every day seems like there's something new. You know, to still do with it. So um, yeah, I'm just trying to hold on to it as long as I can. And it was a great moment for the school. Congratulations, Coach. Your ninth state title, first since 2017. And I just happened to be in attendance calling the game with Thrift Barringer at Patterson Field in Montgomery. And that moment, what did that moment feel like for you as a coach? But what was going through your mind and really just the players' excitement after they got the final out and they stormed the field? Well, you know, this group, definitely a special group for sure and obviously very talented but you know coming so close last year and not winning the last game uh, to see their their commitment and the off season and the weight room it's just it's kind of like a flash you know all that stuff kind of goes through your through your mind as you know that last out is hopefully coming um you know, I, I just had just pure joy in my heart, you know. Um, you know, it's been well chronicled, you know, my my battle with cancer and stuff. And, you know, it, it doesn't – sometimes it feels a long time ago and sometimes it feels like yesterday, you know what I mean? So um, I, I think it was just a rush of emotions, you know, in that last inning, to be quite honest. And, um, you know, it was – like I said, it was pure joy to see them put that kind of work in and, and get to accomplish that goal of theirs. Coach, how would you compare this team from previous teams that won championships in the past? Well, you know, that's one of the most often asked questions. You know, the kids are always asking, hey, Coach, how, how, how are, you know, are we as good as this team or what's your best team? What's your best team? And I, I don't usually like to answer that because they're all different in their own right. Um, but to say this is not 
definitely close to one of the most talented teams I've ever coached would be crazy because you have nine guys that signed to go play at the next level and um, and the kind of numbers and, you know, time the school record for wins and breaking tons of team records and individual records. So it's obviously one of the best teams I've ever coached. And like I said, they just um, – they got rolling. We won 29 of our last 30 games. You know, the depth on our team is probably as, as good as I've ever had for sure. I mean, we had two sophomores that were 14-1 and one combined on the mound. So you got two of your best arms that don't pitch all year, and, and those two step up like that. That just talks about how deep this team actually is. Coach, I was honored to be part of the journey when you got into the ASIA playoffs. And calling those games with Thrift Berenger really meant a lot to me. You know, we started with Monroe Academy. We knew Jacob Page and Tyler Sykes pitching game one and game two. And it just seemed easy for them. The, the Lee Scott Academy series was a little tight. Tyler Sykes with the one nothing win. Jacob Page actually pitched a very good game against Lee Scott Academy. He did get a little bit of trouble, but he was able to get the win. Those were two close contested games. And what did it mean to be battle-tested against Lee Scott Academy in the semifinals and really the overall performance in the AISA playoffs? Well, when uh, I didn't expect anything other than that, to be quite honest. Um, you know, we played them at really towards the beginning of the year, probably the first three weeks of the season when we played them for a region. And, you know, they had gotten a ton better since then. Uh, they bought into what Timmy was was preaching and and they believed and and then when you're playing your rival in the state semifinals and places packed and it's nuts and I mean you just really I felt like it was going to be that way so I was just proud of our kids that they didn't you know allow that overconfidence to to creep in and and really just battled every pitch and every out and uh, it was really a tremendous series you know five three game and a one nothing game and that's you know, how they should be to make to a state championship. Coach, I got to ask you about next year. I know you're losing some key seniors, including Jackson Milam, who's going to go play at South Alabama. But have you started the training for the 2023-2024 the school year? And uh, what does the Glenwood Gators look like in 2024? I mean, what players are going to come back for next year? Well, uh, fortunately for us, you know, we've, been blessed to establish a program and I'm so proud of our kids because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we want to stay championship and the guys that, you know, graduated, they're on their senior trips and, and a lot of the other guys are already, you know, calling the coach, can we get in the weight room? Can we get in the weight room? We need to throw, we need, you know, all those different things. And it's, you know, only a few days removed from winning a state championship. So that makes me really proud that they have that kind of commitment. Um, you know, people from the outside will definitely think, you know, um, we're going to take a big step down, you know, losing 12 seniors, which is, um, you know, a common uh, thing. Uh, but, you know, we return some big time arms and Brandon McCrane and Mason McCrane and Tyler Sykes and Levi Pender. And, you know, there's several juniors that were on our team that were backups that, you know, I mean, they're ready to play. Just, you know, had three seniors in front of them in the outfield, for instance. You know, Cam White and Eli Bankston and uh, Jackson Griggs returns, you know. Um, so there's, you know, losing 12 seniors, obviously, from a leadership standpoint, you're you're going to be 
searching for that guy or a couple guys to step up, but um, there's no doubt in my mind we have those guys. And also, Coach, what's unique about your situation is not only you're the head baseball coach for the Glenwood Gators baseball team, but also you're the athletic director for Glenwood Athletics, and they've had a plethora of success this season. The basketball team winning the state championship, the girls' basketball team making it to the state championship. Head coach Dusty Purdue has done an outstanding job with the basketball teams. Head coach Ryan Nelson taking over and making it to the state championship. After starting 0-2, the football team was able to get to the state championship. However, they did lose to Lee Scott Academy. So these teams compete for state titles in the AISA. And I know that it's got to be just satisfying as an athletic director, knowing that not just the baseball team, but your other athletic programs are in good shape. Yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed. The, we have wonderful coaches here and, uh, you know, great kids and in, in every sport um, started. We started the year off uh, with a bang in the summer with uh, cheer winning the state championship. They won three of the last four. Uh, volleyball also uh, won state championship. It was uh, Coach Trink's third in a row. Um, and then, like you said, uh, football uh, played for state championship. And both basketball teams were super successful. And then, you know, we even we played for state championship in girls soccer. Uh, we finished second in uh, golf as well, and then we're able to bring home the, the state title in baseball. So um, it has been a, a very magical year for us, for sure. Coach, so have you started the off-season workouts for the baseball team for next season? Uh, we got one more week, and then we'll start. Um, we, we actually have a mission trip coming up uh, May 30th to June 6th. And uh, we'll be going to the Dominican Republic and several of our players are going and we'll be, um, you know, working on fields and uh, doing clinics and uh, sharing the word of God and passing out Bibles and equipment and things like that. So as soon as we get back from that, then workouts will start. Uh, we got team camp coming up, uh, I think, 10 days after that. Uh, then our uh, little kids camp is uh the 26th, 27th, and 28th. And then we go on another mission trip to Albania and Eastern Europe on the 29th of June for 10 days. So the summer is going to be over like that, but it'll it'll all get started here in about, about a week and a half. Coach, I do want to talk about the relationship with the AISA and the AHSAA. The AISA schools do not play AHSAA schools. And it's unfortunate because I would love to see a dream matchup between Glenwood taking on Central or Glenwood taking on Smith Station or Russell County. We witnessed Central make it all the way to the state title game, but losing to Vestivia Hill. Smith Station, who won a state title in 2015, they played Central in the semifinals, and, and that place was packed. And, and you know that the fan bases would love it, but do you think that there could be a possibility in the future that the AISA and the AHSAA could have an agreement to, to play the schools and we could finally get these dream matchups. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I know they've been discussing those things. Um, you know, it's done that way in just about every other state except for Alabama. So, um, but you know, that's, you know, that's a little above my pay grade. So, um, only thing we can, you know, concentrate on is what we have in front of us, but obviously the, the, the area would love to see that. And um, 
you know, I, I know those guys, they, they do a great job with their teams and all our kids know each other. They play with each other during the summer and they're all friends and things like that. So, um, it would definitely be, um, it would definitely be an event for sure in this community if, if that was able to happen. But, um, I've been told that, you know, they're working on something like that and only time will tell. Coach, I got to ask you about the signing days. All the schools in the Chattahoochee Valley have had their signing days. Has Glenwood had some signing days coming up in the future or, or have they had some and do, do they have some in, in the horizon? Well, no, we, all of our guys have signed. We actually have, uh, another senior that, uh, has gone to a couple of showcases here um, this weekend and has some interest uh, from some schools. So there may be one more, but, you know, we've had uh, uh, nine baseball players that have, that have signed. And then we've also um, had foot, uh, signees in football and in softball and in, um, in tennis as well. Uh, and so, we're, you know, there's a bunch coming uh, for the next few years. I know we got a very, super talented um, uh, junior softball class and and football as well. So we're expecting a lot of guys and girls going to the next level over the next couple of years. Coach, one final question I have to ask you is just that tradition of being a Glenwood Gator. I know that Thrift Barringer, who went to Glenwood, he called the broadcast and we were calling them together. I know that he is proud to be a Glenwood Gator and and really, what does that mean for the alumni just to be a Glenwood Gator and that tradition with all the sports that they play there at Glenwood? I didn't know that until until I came here. And and one thing that I noticed immediately was the pride they had in their school. And, um, you know, it truly is I, what I would call a community school because the first thing that I noticed was that people went to this school and their kids go to the school and their kids, kids go to the school. And now actually, now that I'm getting old, you know, now my players, kids are going to the school and they're at the school, you know I mean? It's that's, you know, I guess that's good and bad, but uh, for me being old, but you know, that was something that I noticed immediately how much pride that people have going to the school. And um, you know, it's a, I like to call it a, uh, sweat equity uh program you know and you know we don't have a lot of money you know a lot of misconception that just because private school has money but we don't have state funding and things like that and you know it's just a lot of hard-working people that want their kids to you know have a christian environment and um get a good education and be able to compete in in athletics at a high level so um it, it's the tradition here is is really awesome is really all I can say and it matters a lot to people the the amount of I try to express this to the to the kids that play because they don't understand you know just how many text messages and the emails are just hundreds and hundreds of people who are following these kids like you know that telecast you know that y'all had I mean it immediately had, I mean it had twelve hundred views you know immediately you know, when y'all were doing it and, you know, there was like people watching it in several different countries, you know what I mean? So um, I try to impress that upon the kids on how important it really is to, to live up to that expectation, not necessarily winning a state championship, but the expectation of what a Gator means, you know, and, and uh, to take pride in the G and, 
and, and really represent this school the way it should be. And, and uh, I'm so proud of our kids that they do that. And, and uh, it really means a lot to them to be part of uh, history at this school. Well, Coach, I just want to say I was just honored to be a part of that. And I want to thank Thrift Berenger for giving me that opportunity to call the games with him. And I know it meant a lot to him being a Glenwood alum and, and just me just being there. And it was my first broadcast where a team won a championship. And it really was an incredible sight and got to shake your hand on the field and congratulated you and the players and and that was really my first trophy presentation that I've seen as a member of the media. And and I, I got to relive it a couple days later when Calvary Christian won their uh, fifth straight right. state championship. Right. Well, and it is. It's um, You definitely, if you haven't been in that environment, like you feel the energy like from those kids. And it's just, it really is special. And it's hard to describe. And um, it's, um, I just want to thank all you guys for being there. Um, y'all give us great coverage and our kids deserve that, you know, and just because you deserve it don't mean you always get it. But, you know, I just want to thank you guys for being there, you know, and, and, and all the other local outlets that were there and, and a part of it. Um, you know, it it is a uh, it is a special feeling and it's something that can never be taken away from these kids. Well, Coach, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and being a guest on the show. We'd love to have you back. Uh, I know we were trying to get Thrift Behringer on, and I know that he just loves you and everything that you've done. And we really just appreciate what you have done really for the Glenwood community and just giving us an opportunity to, to, to call the baseball games and, and looking forward to next season. Hopefully I can uh, get up there in the broadcast booth with Thrift and uh, we can uh, go ahead and get ready for 2024. Well, we'd love to have you. And uh, Thrift, I'm, I'm, you know, I wish he was on here too, you know, because he did he did do a great job and um, that was kind of a full circle moment for me. You know, we kind of discussed it on the sports visions radio show, you know, I've known him since he was a wee lad, you know, and, and to see him grow up and doing what he loves. And, you know, I, it was, it was definitely special to share that with him as well as yourself. So um, you just let me know what I can do and I'll be more than happy to help. Absolutely. Thank you coach. Once again, for being on. No problem, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care, coach. See you. All right. That was the Glenwood head baseball coach and athletic director, head coach Tim Fanny. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And uh, we will be right back with a quick break. You are watching the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge here on Facebook Live and on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. We'll be right back. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out is Wishbone Fried Chicken right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your whole mold free. Visit our website 
themoldmanllc.com to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Evening all you sports fans and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? And I am so excited about my next guest. He is the head baseball coach of Calvary Christian, also the athletic director of Calvary Christian, and the Columbus Chattahoots manager, Coach Steve Smith. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. First of all, congratulations. Calvary Christian just finished their season a couple of weeks ago. They won their fifth straight baseball championship in the Gaps 3A. I had the privilege of calling the game with Thrift Berenger, and it was really exciting to experience that with the players on the field and that what was that moment like I know you've experienced it already four times but to to get the fifth championship what was that moment like it was exciting you know any anytime you get an opportunity to uh you know to put your yourself in a position to where uh, you get a chance to play and and walk off the last game of the season uh as a you know winning the last game I think that's a special thing and and obviously with uh with the group that we got a chance to do with this year was uh, it was, it was special again, just like the, uh, the other four years. And um, so it was, uh, it was, it was a fun season this year. And you have had a great team and, and I, I had the opportunity to be part of signing day earlier today as uh, four of the, the Calvary seniors are going off to play at the next level. Uh, what was that experience like just having those, uh, student athletes uh, get to have signing day and and determining where they're going to go uh, and play uh, baseball in the fall. You know, it, it's uh, it's it's one of the best uh, best days as a as a coach and obviously now as an athletic director is that you get a chance to see kids uh, live out their dreams. You know, when they come into high school, they've got uh, aspirations to play at the next level, and and when they get an opportunity from uh, from a school and they get a chance to begin to realize that dream. It's it's really exciting. It's uh, and like I mentioned today, I mean, it's a culmination of a lot of different people that have poured into their lives. So it's a lot of different coaches and teammates and parents and family members that, uh, you know, that have poured into them to get them to that, uh, you know, to that point to where they get that opportunity. It's a lot of hard work that they put in. Um, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's normally a, a long journey to put themselves in that position to where they're uh, attracting schools to um, have interest in bringing them in and invest in them uh, over the next two to four years, depending on where they're going. 
Also, as the athletic director, you've been in charge of the athletics at Calvary Christian. And with the recent hiring of the new head football coach, Coach Emmanuel Brunson, who's come over from Pacelli Middle School, and he is bringing his own philosophy as they just had spring practices. But what are you looking forward to the most about the fall and what Coach Brunson has in store for uh, the Calvary football team? Well, it's been exciting up to this point. Obviously, seeing what uh, what him and his coaching staff and Coach Grant what they've uh, what they've been able to do in a very short period of time. Uh, there's a lot of excitement with our football program right now. So, uh, you know, spring practice the other day they had a combination middle school and uh, high school that were out there and uh, got a chance to you know to really show some things out on the field, which was exciting to be able to watch. We had. Um, you know, close to 60 kids between the two programs uh, in the last day of spring spring football. So what we're really excited about is what's this summer going to look like in preparation for the fall. Um, I, I think there's uh, there's some momentum behind it right now. Um, and, and I think what what's happening is kids are really, um, you know, they're drawn to Coach Brunson. I think what him and his coaching staff has been able to do up to this point is uh, has just really created some momentum going into the summer. So, uh, you know, they finished spring football on Friday and uh, they were back in the weight room again on Monday. So um, that's what you want to see from, um, you know, from a program that's really going to try to push their student athletes to be the best that they can be. I'm really excited about Calvary Christian Athletics, not only the baseball program that just won their fifth title in the gaps, but also the soccer team winning a gap state title. And I know the sky's the limit in the gaps, coach, and you've done just an outstanding job, not only as the athletic director of Calvary Christian, but also the baseball coach. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're really happy for Coach Matt Orr and, and uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been ahead of the the soccer program for years now, and um, you know they've gotten close several years. And this year, uh, you know his team was was prepared going into uh, the postseason, and and uh, he felt they had a really good chance to uh, to to try to win a championship this year. They they played a really close game in the set they state semifinals, and uh, and beat a really good team there to put themselves in position. And it was a uh, it was a nail biter. It went uh, it went into penalty kicks for them to be able to win. And, uh, you know, they pulled it off. So um, I think it's one of those things, again, with uh, with how Coach uh, Coach Orr has had that program over the last several years was uh, it's one of those things that once you get over the hump, uh, you know, a lot of times they, they come in bunches after that. So uh, we're looking forward to what he has returning and the group that um, that he's got coming back next year, I think is going to put him in a position to uh, you know, to potentially be able to repeat um, softball, same thing. Coach Lloyd, um, you know, they've won two in a row in uh, in softball, and they've got a, a great core that's re- returning there. So the uh, you know what he's been able to do with softball over the last three years has been impressive, and and we look for them to have another successful uh, season next year as well. Coach, with all the success that Calvary Christian has had at the gaps, I know that it's crossed my mind, and I'm wondering if it's crossed other people's mind, about possibly making that transition from the gaps to the GIAA and have that natural rival with St. Apicelli or Brookstone. Is that a possibility years down the road, or or is Calvary just comfortable being in the gaps for the time being? You know, I wouldn't say uh, comfortable. What I would say is we've had conversations for years now, you know, even back to uh, my first 
my first two years in 2014 and 15, um, we started having conversations about GHSA. And, uh, and by year three, um, in baseball at least, you know, we had had two 24 and 25 win seasons kind of under our belt. And we felt like, hey, it was time for us to, to move into a little bit of a different direction. Um, what, what it's, what's kind of transpired is, is obviously, you know, uh, G, GIAA has kind of merged from that, that the old GISA. Um, and you've seen a lot of schools from GHSA uh, in the, you know, single A kind of level uh, private school that's kind of moved into, especially out in Macon. And obviously what you mentioned was Brookstone and Pacelli, where they've moved into GIAA. Um, you know, we, we would welcome that. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we have to ensure that our entire athletic program is prepared to make that, uh, to make that transition. So we've been having conversations. It's something that we are seriously considering. Uh, and I think it's probably sooner rather than later that it would be, uh, that we would make, um, you know, or at least entertain making that move. I don't want to get ahead of ahead of ourselves, but it's something that we've, uh, we've had a lot of conversations about for baseball specifically. Um, you know, that's something that um, in the past, it may have been a, a, a major concern for me because, um, you know, we used to have a, a heavy gap schedule um, in the last seven, eight years. We've, we've really kind of transitioned, especially as cross play uh, as that bill was passed in the state of Georgia, it's really opened up the opportunities for the schools that we could play. And, and ultimately what we do is we supplement our schedule outside of uh, outside of our league. So it's not as critical as maybe it once was for us. Um, we played, I think we had six or seven uh, GIA games this year. Uh, we went, I think six and one in those games. And, and really one of the games that we, that we, uh, that we won was the, the team that ended up uh, being in the state championship this year with Bethlehem Christian. And, uh, you know, we, we, we played well against them. And um, so it's, it's not something that, um, you know, that, that we're not thinking about. It's something that I think we need to uh, always consider what's going to put our student athletes in the best position to get the most out of themselves. And so uh, really what we're doing is trying to, to ensure that all of our athletic programs are in a position that, um, you know, at, at a minimum, if we stay in gaps, that, all of our athletic programs need to be at a point where every single year you're competing for a state championship. And then obviously, as we look towards GIA, we have, we've got to make sure that we're able to compete at the highest of level. We'd be in the 4A uh, division, which is the highest level inside of GAA. So we want to, we want to make sure that we put ourselves in that position. Coach, let's go ahead and segue to the Chattahoots because we've got the season coming up. I know, as you begin your off-season workouts for Calvary Baseball, and you're also performing the duties as the manager of the Columbus Chattahoots, uh, do both duties kind of co-mingle? Do you find time to try to balance both? And could we possibly see some members of the Calvary Christian Baseball team in a Chattahoots uniform in the near future? Yeah, I mean, you know, the last couple of years we've had some Calvary players in, um, you know, on the Chattahoots with. Uh, obviously, Jesse Donahoe, uh, you know, is is one that has uh, has played for us. John John Brown, a um, couple years ago, um, you know, and, and we will be adding a couple more guys. Caden uh, Shira, who is a graduate from 2021, is playing at Georgia Highlands. He'll be playing this year, and then Connor Folds, um, who is a uh, who is a freshman pitcher at the University of Mercer. Um, you know, he's uh, he he's 
he's going to be playing this year. So those guys will uh, will be making uh, making an appearance this year on the uh, on the Hoots roster. Uh, I don't have any intention as of right now to take any of our high school seniors. I've got some pretty strong feelings on um, you know high school seniors, especially pitchers, on what they should be doing after their senior year, specifically guys that uh, are typically number one and number two pitchers at the high school level. Um, I think sometimes if they jump into the summer, it doesn't necessarily prepare them best for stepping foot on campus um, after the heavy workload in the spring and then uh, adding on to that in the summer versus them working on uh, just getting stronger and kind of giving the arm a little bit of a break in terms of competitive pitching. I still think you need the long toss. Still, you need to make sure that you're going through a structured throwing program. Um, but a lot of times it doesn't necessarily make sense to, to have them jump right in and, uh, and continue, continuing competitive pitching through the summer. Coach, what is that transition like coaching high school players compared to coaching players at the collegiate level? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's definitely a uh, there's definitely a difference. Um, you know, the um, one of the things I think that's unique that I get a chance to see is, you know, we have you know, if we have a 30 man roster. Uh, you might have 25 high schools represented represented in that in that mix. And the same thing, probably 25 uh, or so colleges that are represented on that roster. And so everybody does things very, very different. Um, there are college programs that are extremely structured in, in what their side work looks like, what their uh, what their regimen looks like for pitchers. Um, and then you've got some where maybe they're, they give them a little bit more freedom. Um, for the, the kids in high school, um, a lot of times, you know, they haven't necessarily – it just depends on kind of where they're coming from, but they haven't necessarily – put their body through the rigors of a, of a college season and a college off season workout program, if that makes sense. So there's a, there's a difference in the physical nature of the high school kids versus the college kids, unless they're coming from a high school program that um, you know, that really takes the strength and conditioning extremely serious. Um, A lot of times for pitchers, they don't really have a great, they don't really have a great recovery protocol. So um, you know, we try to help and supplement there wherever we uh, wherever we can. Um, you know, so those are some of the, the differences. Obviously, the, the college hitter, uh, you know, normally a little bit more discipline. Um, the high school kid, uh, you know, really, if they're playing for us, they probably, you know, were high performers in high school. And so haven't really had to go through a whole lot of adversity. They've probably succeeded at just about every level that they've played at. And so when they get that first taste of college, a lot of times they struggle a little bit, especially right off the bat. And uh, and so that's where you might have a kid that's coming from college that maybe has gone through that a little bit and, and has a little bit of a better understanding of the type of hitter they are. Um, this year we're taking, as of right now, we're taking two high school, two high school hitters. Um, and, and really what we're hoping to do is we're hoping for both of those guys that they get an opportunity to be around some more experienced college hitters, and that will help kind of shape and, 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 and help them as they go into their, their true freshman season. So there is definitely a difference. Uh, you know, I, you're not, you're not dealing with, um, you know, you're not dealing with as much interaction with parents, obviously uh, when you're moving to the, uh, the college side, 
Um, but it still comes down to high school kids, college kids. You got to play this game confident. You got to play it prepared. Uh, and so it's all about making sure that um, that you're putting kids in the, the best situation for them to feel good about where they're at and, and to get the most out of their ability. Let's talk about this upcoming season in the SBL. Year three for the Columbus Chattahoochee. Year one made it all the way to the SBL championship, lost to Alpharetta. Last year with the number two seed, but lost to the Atlanta Crackers. I know the expectations, Coach, has got to be competing for an SBL championship, but what does this team look like going into the 2023 season? And uh, what are some new faces? What are some familiar faces that we're witnessing seeing at the ballpark for this upcoming season? Yeah, so, I mean, when you when you evaluate the first two years, um, I thought we were a, a very heavy um, – you know, from an offensive side, we were we, we had a lot of swing and miss. Um, we struggled to manufacture runs as needed. Uh, we we would have big innings, but we would have, you know, three, four innings where we'd kind of get shut down a little bit. From a pitching side in the first year, we struggled. We had a lot of uh, – we had bigger arms, but we had a lot of guys that really struggled with command. My second year when I, when I was, you know, kind of sculpting the roster – uh, I really wanted to make sure we were going to be a team that really attacked the zone at, from a, as a pitching staff. Um, and so you're going to see more of that this year. Uh, some of the guys that are returning were some of our uh, our, our guys that we, we heavily relied on last year. Uh, a Brad Grasser, who uh, was at CV this year and, and had a good season for them. Ashton Shackelford and um, uh, Logan Seehafer from Columbus State and Brian Trepena from uh, Augusta. Uh, Bryce Valero, who's uh, who's coming back and had a, a really strong season this year for Murray State. Um, we got Trey Sanders coming back, uh, Javi Marrero's coming back, and then for the newcomers on on the the, the pitching staff, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we added Connor Folds from Mercer. Uh, we got two two guys coming from University of Auburn, uh, Jackson Hill and William Turner. Uh, we picked up Hogan Mayhew. Uh, from Andrew College, Luke Norman from ABAC, so a couple of junior college guys. Uh, we added in Joey Gill, who is a left-handed pitcher from CSU. And then uh, just a, a late addition today, uh, as we had another uh, another another guide from an injury that we had to replace, we added in Connor Trepena, which is Brian's younger brother, uh, graduate from Northside, and um, is pitching at uh, Middle Georgia. So that's our that's our pitching staff. You know, offensively, uh, I can go through kind of that. You know, catchers, you got, uh, you know, the two regulars that have been with us for the first two years, uh, Ellis Yon and uh, uh, Connor O'Neill. Uh, Connor will play a little bit of first base as well. Ellis will probably play a little bit of outfield and pitch a little bit for us. And then we added in a new a new catcher who's a, a high school kid going to West Georgia, Alex Thompson. Um, it, up the middle, we've added in Caden Shira. Uh, who's at Georgia Highland, Sean Darnell, and Bladen Alanez. So a couple other junior college guys. Uh, and then um, already mentioned Connor about playing some first. Walt McConnell's coming back again last year. He was kind of hampered a little bit by a, uh, a nagging injury, and uh, he had a healthy season this year. So uh, Walt will be back in the outfield. Uh, we've got Jonathan Manabusen coming back, Zane Ross coming back. Um, we've added in Jack Whitmer, who's a speed guy from ABAC, um, uh, Carter Schmidt, 
who is a uh, a good left-handed bat from Randolph-Macon, and then Colton Massey, uh, who's going to Gulf Coast. Uh, that's a graduate of Northside. He's one of our other uh, high school seniors that we've added in, and we're still we're we're toying around whether or not we need to add one more, maybe maybe a second guy. Um, but we're going to bring them all in tomorrow. We'll have our uh, initial team meeting expectations, hand out some uh, some of their gear, and then we'll start practicing on Thursday and Friday before we go into the uh, the first exhibition game on Saturday. And I cannot wait the exhibition game against the Chattahoochee Monsters, who share. Golden Park, you're going to have a home and home. They're going to play the Monsters on the 31st. And then your home opener is going to be June the 3rd against the Waleska Wild Thanes. And, Coach, there is nothing more sweeter than that ballpark experience at historic Golden Park and just taking the kids to the ball field and eating hot dogs. And I love it. You know, my kids enjoy that experience. And I also love actually going – out on the field at the end of the game and just talking to the players, you know, talking with you. I mean, it, it was just a fun experience and, and your players are very approachable. I love how they sign autographs in the beginning. Like you have your players that are very approachable at the front gate and just talking with the fans. And that fan player experience is really something that these young kids cherish. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that again, that when we uh, when we're, we're talking about kids coming in, uh, I had that conversation with them up front that this is very different than just going to get your reps in the summer. Um, this is an experience that we're also providing for the city of Columbus. And it's a, uh, one of the responsibilities is embracing the role of being someone that, you know, those kids are, those kids and families are coming to watch you play baseball. So there's a responsibility that comes with that. Um, so we spend some time talking through that a little bit. That's, that'll be one of the topics that we talk about tomorrow um, I think, you know, the toughest part for a uh, for a, a college baseball player is when you're struggling and you're have you've had a bad game. And then at the end of the day, you know, you've got to get out there and sign autographs and you've got to do it with a with a great attitude. That can be a little bit of a struggle. But what it also does, it helps kind of shift the perspective a little bit that, you know, it's just a small sampling of of the game. Um, you know, there are things that are much bigger than just what your performance is and you know, I think I think that helps some guys kind of turn the page a little bit quicker because um, they know that there's that responsibility that, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times that, you know, when I talk to people, they'll tell me, you know, my favorite player is, you know, Brian Trepano or my favorite player was Bryce Valero or uh, I loved watching Jesse Donahoe play. You know, when they when they do that, they these these guys, they understand that, you know, there are there are people that are coming to watch them play. Um, which again is very different than than probably most of their college programs where you know they're not necessarily playing in, in front of you know 1500 to 2500 fans every single night. Um, that's just one of the different uh, you know different things that they get to experience as, as part of playing for the uh, the Chattahoots. That game day experience is awesome. Brian Thomas does a great job as the PA announcer. And you also have Goldie out there and kids taking photos with him. And, and then you have the between innings uh, with their uh, pro promo guy uh, and Jaden. He's the promo guy in the, in the between the innings. And I just, I love this, the atmosphere and it feels like a minor league baseball game and it's great having baseball back in the fountain city. And I just enjoy it. And, I'm actually really excited to be a part of it as well. And uh, I just wish you all the best of luck of this upcoming season in the SBL, Coach. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, we uh, we hope to 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 go out there and have a have another strong season. You know, I I feel like we uh, we overachieved a little bit in that first year and making that that long run to get to the championship game came up a little bit short. Uh, we actually felt like we might have been the better team or playing uh, better than anybody once we got to that championship game. Um, you know, it didn't didn't necessarily work out for us in that first year, and then last year. Uh, you know, we played it extremely strong through the regular season and we ended up getting a buy in that first round. And, uh, you know, we had a couple things not go our way in game one of that uh, uh, of that playoff series. And that kind of snowballed and we weren't really able to uh, we weren't able to really kind of grab a hold of the reins again. And, um, you know, so it was unfortunate that we had uh, we lost to uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta Crackers. We had beaten them twice during the regular season. So. Uh, you know, once you get into the postseason and everybody knows this, you know, uh, you have to have you have to obviously be prepared. Um, you want to be playing your best baseball at that time. Uh, but also at, at some point in the postseason, something's got to kind of go your way. Um, you know, it's just it's just how the game works. So we want to put ourselves in the best position that, again, to, to, to get into the playoffs, uh, put ourselves in a position to uh, to make another long run. Uh, in in year three for uh, for Columbus, a couple things, Coach, about that game day experience last year during the exhibition game. I thought it was absolutely cool and awesome that WRBL's Rex Castillo got to put on the Chattahoochee uniform and he got a couple at bats. Is there any surprises in the exhibition games this year? Are we going to see maybe a a Columbus River Dragon getting the dugout? I mean, I that that's pretty awesome that you guys did that last year. Yeah, I don't know if we have anything in the works for the exhibition games. I know uh, we potentially have something in the works for for uh, a game during the season. I uh, can't really divulge any of that information, but well, I know of there's always the uh, the possibility that something happens. You know, with uh, Ignite Sports, are always looking for uh, for ways to to really enhance uh, the fan experience. So um, I'm sure there will be some things as we go through the season where. Um, you know, I think will be a pretty cool opportunity for fans to be able to be a part of and, and, and see how kind of that unfolds. All right. One final question for you, coach. I asked this question last year when you were on the show as because Columbus is a baseball town. There's a lot of great Columbus baseball players and like Glenn Davis, Frank Thomas, Tim Hudson, you got Edwin Jackson. You got a lot of great players, but it doesn't have to be a Columbus baseball player. It could be somebody from Columbus. I mean, is is there talks about somebody that could possibly throw out the first pitch at the game? It, it, this really, I'm a big first pitch guy. It, it really would mean a lot to me if there was somebody that you guys are thinking about throwing out the first pitch. Yeah, I know they've they've uh, they've thrown out a couple of different names, so I'm not sure of who have they've uh, who they've who they've kind of settled on, but. Yeah, you can always expect there to be someone that uh, you know that that will be on the uh, on the radar for uh, for them to to bring in and throw out that first pitch or someone that's that's meaningful to the city of Columbus. So um, I'm assuming in the next uh, next week or so, some of those things will probably come out. Well, I actually made a suggestion to ignite sports. Tell me if you think this is a good idea. The Bachelorette Charity Lawson <laughs> from Columbus. I mean, The Bachelorette is about to air in June. I mean, it's very relevant. I mean, I don't know how much of a sports person she is, but, I mean, right now, Columbus is really on the map if you are a Bachelor fan. 
Yeah. So uh, first off, I'm not a Bachelor fan. I don't know if I've ever watched the show, but it is uh, definitely relevant, obviously, with her being a, uh, you know, a, a native of Columbus. So uh, I have not heard that name thrown out there at all. But um, I'm sure if you threw that idea out, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'm sure they've thought about it. No, I was just having fun with it. it but that, that would be kind of cool. But yeah, anybody, like if we can get Frank Thomas or, or Glenn Davis, I mean, that would be amazing too. Because like, somebody that represents Columbus, I, I just, I like that. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's, and there's a lot of people to pick from in, uh, in the city of Columbus. There's been a lot of great baseball players that have, uh, have come through here or have made a stop through here. So um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. There's not a shortage of people to choose from for that. Well, Coach, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule of being a guest here on the show. It was fun having you on once again, and I'm looking forward to this upcoming Columbus Chattahoot season in the SBL for the 2023 season. I appreciate it, Richard. We uh, we really do appreciate the coverage that you uh, that you and Thrift have done, and obviously Sports Visions, and um, you know throughout the year just uh, just spotlighting obviously Calvary and and now obviously with the uh, with the Chattahoots. So I always appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. All right. That was the Columbus Chattahoots manager, the Calvary Christian head baseball coach, and Calvary Christian athletic director, head coach Steve Smith. Thank you so much, everybody, for once again joining us here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. And we are out of here. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.